0: Hewler and Moats are on the air. This is the Steelers Blitz on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. SNR. Steelers Nation Radio.
1: High noon on a Monday afternoon—that can only mean one thing. It's time to go inside the electric factory for the next two hours here on your 24/7 home of the black and gold. He's Arthur Motes. I'm Wesley Euler. Between the two of us, we've got a decade of NFL experience and a really good head of hair. It's up to you to figure out the rest. But what you should know by now is, if you want to chime in anytime over the next 120 minutes, you can find us on Twitter at Wesley Euler at the Body
2: 52. The Body. What up, Motesy? Man, 2-0, oh, that is all I know right now, and uh, yeah, it's a great day to be a winner. You know why? Because it is a Monday, but it's a certain type of Monday here in Pennsylvania, you know. Oh, you know those type of Mondays, we always like to highlight that. Sometimes you gotta wait a long time to get, but here in Pittsburgh, we will not have to wait that long. We back-to-back back this week. You know what type of Monday I'm talking about?
1: That type of Monday where we've got plenty to discuss because it wasn't all sunshine and rainbows. Very true. It, uh... In the good, in the words of our good friend Tun Chilkin at the end of the broadcast, it wasn't a Picasso.
2: No, 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 it wasn't. It wasn't.
1: But a win is a win, Arthur Motes, mm-hmm. and it's always easier to talk about it after a victory. Victory! victory! Let's go. <laughs> Motsi, not pretty. Uh, there, there's some good, there's some bad, there's some concern, there's Beauty's some positives. in the
2: eye of the beholder. We know this. Come on, baby. But I'm sure you can attest to this, too,
1: as a fan base doing what we do, uh, certainly down there, you know, within the walls of the UPMC Rooney da- Sports down Complex. Where. Down Down there? Down on the south <laughs> side? Uh, it's much easier to look in the mirror and address your problems and get to work on those problems when you're 2-0
2: absolutely man wise man once told me i'd rather correct you after a win than to uh than to praise you after a loss Hmm. and i was like you know what that makes sense i like that yeah i'd rather you correct me after a win too because we eh, when you're winning man understandably so and rightfully so winning does sometimes mask some of the flaws that you might have had but at the same time man it's just a better vibe. It's a better atmosphere, man, when you're able to win, especially after everything this team had to endure last season, going 8-8 eight and eight and yeah. having the struggles and things like that. We talked about how last year these were the type of games, these one-score back-and-forth contests where you know, the Steelers were losing these. They were finding right, ways right. to lose, whether it was a late turnover, whether it was inefficiencies on offense. They just weren't closing out these type of ugly games. Right. And we saw yesterday. That's the difference. That's the mark of a good team. Good teams find ways to win ugly games. It's a not. It's not an easy task to do, but you find a way. You grit it out. Yeah, defensively everything didn't go right. They showed some 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 issues a little at different points in the game. In the first half it was more on the ground, and the second half it was more through the air. We saw offensively they showed some issues in terms of ball security, in mm-hmm. terms of. You know, not playing up to their full potential from an explosive play standpoint. We saw some of those, but then there was also some positives in here as well. So when I think of all of that, I just say, man, that's the mark of a good team. You take the good with the good, the bad with the bad, but you find ways to win these type of games. And they did that. So for me, man, I got to tip my cap to them for that because it would have been completely easy. To to shut it down, man, and just say, well, you know, we're playing bad, things aren't going our way, the referees have had a couple of questionable calls. You know what, man? Let's seek some comfort here. But no, they suck. They 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 seek solutions, and ultimately, that was why the resort was what it was. And now they're sitting at two and zero, and having a very favorable week three matchup as well.
1: I like how you mentioned the seeking comfort thing because at this time, the past two seasons, that's exactly what we were doing. Mm-hmm. Last year, the Steelers started the year
2: zero and three. Don't say we though. I don't seek comfort. Been called a hater. What do you mean com- by we people? Listen, uh, I, I've been called a hater. I've been called anti stiller at times. But I ain't never oh, been yeah, called a been comfort called, We've been
1: called a lot of things. We got Al yeah. coming at us on Twitter early this yeah, morning I, here. I, but, I don't seek comfort. But but Thrash but Thrash on Twitter coming to our aid. That's our guy, Thrash. Um, Arthur Motes, I like that whole not seeking comfort thing because a lot of people were doing that last year. The Steelers were 0-3. Right, but it was oh, okay. Well, you got the Bengals on Monday night. You'll get right, and then from there the schedule's a little bit better, right? There was a lot of putting a positive spin on zero and three, and the Steelers, you know, to point out, were able to dig out of that hole. Absolutely, I mean, look, they were eight and six at one point, eight mm-hmm. and eight and five at one point. The year before, the Steelers were 1-2-1 and one, four weeks into the season. Absolutely. Y- you had to put a positive spin on that. Okay, well, look at the history, right? The Steelers always play much better down the stretch. You and I have talked about that before. I mean, look at Mike Tomlin's record in the last four, five, six games Correct. of the season. It's outstanding. Um, so we did in the past have to kind of, if you're trying to glass half full it, drum up the optimism. At least now, I think it's kind of the opposite. Like, we'll talk about some of the negative. We'll talk about the ball security, which is – a concern. We'll talk about the lack of the run game, which has been a concern. Like there are some things that we will talk about that we will not have the most glowing reviews of. Like I said at the yeah. start, it won't be sunshine and rainbows, but it's much easier to have those conversations
2: when you're sitting at two and zero as opposed to zero and two or one and one. Yeah, without a doubt. Um, you hit it right on the head. So my question to you is, do you want to go ahead and start with this deep dive? I mean, we could start from an offensive oh, yeah. standpoint. I feel like, well, you know what. Regardless of offensive defense, we'll just start with the negative stuff first. Because it's easy to get that. No, no, no. You know what? It's Monday. It's a victory Monday. I was gonna
1: say this is surpri- let's start this with is, the positivity first. This is surprising first. from you, Arthur. Musk. See, this
2: was going on right now. I got too much going on, man. I was <laughs> watching a little TV. We got the TV set up in here now. Shout we out to we got a TV back in here. Shout bro. out, to, shout out to the producer of the show, Wesley Euler. Man, he, he hooked us up with a TV. I got my he little man next no to me who is we virtual schooling as well. So now I'm like, hold on, man. I don't want to start bad. Let's start good. I need positivity, That's right? And the first thing I'll say is this, man. I criticized the offensive line in Week One. I said I felt like they gave up too much pressure. Hmm. Ben was hit way too much. He looked like he never got a chance to really get comfortable. Even though he made plays, he wasn't as comfortable as we would liked. I do feel like the O line was a lot better in Week Two. Now they still weren't perfect. They still had some plays out there that you want back. But I felt like as a whole they were a lot more improved Game Two compared to Game One. So I felt like I would tip my cap to them, especially the rookie Kevin Dotson. Man, him and Chooks Okra 4, We understand with Chooks, Chooks has had a start before. So we we said we had a little bit more confidence in him. Obviously with Dotson, we were a little bit more concerned. Right. But for the majority of the time, man, I felt like he did a good. I felt like he did good for that to be his first start. Now, obviously, we'll dive into it a lot more as the week progresses and we break his performance down a lot more. But I felt like my initial thought process of him was that he played extremely well, man. Yeah, me too. Um, And we
1: got a question from Usman, a tweet from Usman here. Happy Victory Monday. How about the great performance by Kevin Dotson? Look forward to hearing your views. Boom. If you want to talk positive storylines, aside from the 2-0 start, and and hey, I mean, we... (laughs) Ben Roethlisberger elbow looks pretty good, huh? Absolutely. What, 56 air yards down the field on a dime to chase Claypool for the 84, 83-yard touchdown? Uh, A a lot of positives we could get to. You know what, Arthur Motes, maybe the one that's just right there smack in front of our faces is that we spent the whole week, right, calm, concerned, worried, panicked about the offensive line and about Kevin Dotson. Mm -hmm. I almost forgot that he played yesterday until the end of the game. I mean, you know what I mean? like, And that, to me, says that he did a fine job. If it wasn't a disaster, if we weren't noticing, oh, my gosh, look at all the this kind of, you know, these moving parts on the Steelers' offensive line, I, I think it's a success. Now, certainly, right, with all of this, there's the other side, too, that they they got to run the ball better. And yes. a lot of that, I think, starts with the offensive line.
2: And and, and I think that's what we are saying. It's, it's okay to praise it's the bet. offensive line in yeah. terms of their performance because they did do some really good things. But at the same time, there is still things that we're gonna need to critique them on, and they're gonna need to improve on, and they will say that themselves. It's never gonna be perfect. But the thing is, this is never as bad as you think it is, and it's never as good as you think it is. But that's the beauty of football. That's the beauty of when you get a chance to watch the film, and we can see. Okay, well, Dawson was doing well. You know. In terms of when he was front side of these plays, when he had to pull, mm-hmm. he struggled a little bit. Or he did good when it was the, in terms of pass protection, when the individual yes. was lined up directly yes. in front of him. On some of the twists, though, got to clean that up a little bit. That's a part of the game.
1: Absolutely. For that to be your first for start, a rookie. Though, absolutely. Yeah, if that's what start. we're
2: critiquing on your first start and not you getting absolutely demolished and been getting crushed. Good starting It's point. a good start. <laughs>
1: yeah. No, without a doubt. And I saw too, um, I think it was Steelers Depot on Twitter. They do a really good job of this, of of a lot of times, like isolating plays. On the uh, the Ben to Deontay Johnson touchdown pass, mm-hmm. it, why, go back. Somebody – and I'm telling you, it, I'm pretty sure it's – like I said, I'm pretty sure it's on Steelers Depot's Twitter page. If you just Google, like, Kevin Dotson, Ben Roethlisberger, I'm sure it'll pop up in the search results there. He looked great on that play. Great footwork mm-hmm. to get back and protect. And then as soon as Ben started moving, he was like cooking it forward to get in front of Ben cuz I'm sure Kevin's thinking in his mind, Ben's about to take off here. Like I got to right. get I got to get in front of him and I got to protect the quarterback. Just a lot of rookies in that scenario, I think, right? Like their head would be spinning on a play like that. He had the wherewithal to, okay, pass protect. Ben breaks out of the pocket and starts moving. I'm going with
2: him. A lot to be encouraged by there. Yes, indeed. And trust me, man, as as routine as it sounds... A lot of rookies struggle mm. with the routine, especially at this level. Absolutely, and, I mean, we, well, you we hear so much about fundamentals, yeah. right? And, and we say this all the time. We always say, in a controlled climate like where we are right now, on the microphone in the AC, it's a lot easier to say these things, and it's a lot easier to process these things when it is the game and it is happening so fast. You're tired. You're sore. And yeah,
1: it's the third, fourth quarter. Absolutely, at this point. So you're, you're a thinking about yeah. what
2: your assignment is. You're thinking about what the defensive front is. It's so easy to overlook the routine. It's so easy to overlook the fundamentals. So to see a rookie be able to go through and compartmentalize like he's supposed to go through his checklist of, okay, alignment, assignment. Okay. Footwork. All right. Handwork, hat placement. All right. This part of the play is done. Okay. Now next part. Okay. Ben scrambling. All right. Where's the yard marker. Am I in front of the old, am I in front of the line or behind the line? Because that can dictate a penalty or not. You know what I mean? So it's multiple things that he's having to assess and to see him be able to do that on the fly first game as a starter. I thought it was a great job. I did too.
1: Any other positives you want to go to, Motzi? Before maybe we... Uh,
2: oh yeah, but plenty of positives.
1: Address some of the the glass half. Empty plenty of positives um, angles.
2: I look at uh, a guy in James Conner. Right, we we understand that we criticized him um, last week in terms of feeling that even when he was healthy, we thought that Benny Snell was outplaying him, and understandably, it was some you know a little bit of conversations going on in terms of who's going to be the starter this uh, this week two matchup. But I thought that he responded. Now, he definitely has some stuff to clean up, and by no means are we saying the running back situation is, like, secure and settled. But I did like how he bounced back this matchup, man. Obviously, he was a lot healthier, Mm -hmm. so that definitely helped him out a lot. But I just enjoyed seeing him just continue throughout the game to fight and continue to try to be as productive as he could be. I thought that was a good way to respond because a lot of times, man, we talked about this, man, when you're dealing with injuries, when you're in a contract year, when you have a younger guy that has outplayed you in the week prior to that, and your job security, I mean, your position security could potentially be up for debate. It can easy. It can be easy to lose focus. It can be easy to not show up. To look for excuses and things along that nature. But ultimately, man, I thought that he responded in a really, really good way. Now, like I said, he still has some more that he has to improve on, especially you know once he gets into the open field and once he breaks the the initial wave of the O line. But. Like I said, man, we can correct that later. The, the beauty was how he responded from a mentality standpoint. That, to me, was the most impressive part.
1: Yeah, I think so, too. I Again, there's a lot to get into there as it relates to the run game, the offensive line, James Conner, Benny Snell. And we'll continue the conversation here, obviously, um, sticking with Steelers' reaction to yesterday's victory uh, in the next segment as well. I do wonder, Motsi... I agree with everything you said there about his response. Mm-hmm. It was nice to see James Conner come back in. Um, it was nice to see. I think a lot of the time um, in the Monday Night Football game particularly, I mean, hey, that's the only other game we've had to go off of. <laughs> in the past game there was like Ben and James were not on the same page, right? Mm-hmm. Like they tried to run screens a couple times. They they tried to run like some some quick hitter patterns to James Conner and they just weren't on the same page. I thought that looked much better. Yesterday. Much better. I I thought from James's standpoint, too, he just had a lot more of those old-school James-Connor runs, like those runs that we saw two years ago, you know, where Mm -hmm. he's putting his shoulder down where, okay, maybe it looks like a two- or three-yard run. He ends up getting four or five or six yards instead. The one thing is, I think a lot of people are looking at the stat line and they're just seeing the yards and they're going, "Well, James is back. He's
2: back, man. Hundred yards. When He's he back. had
1: what, sixty yards, I think before on the last that, carry. That, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's 50,
2: and he, got, he had fifty-nine on the last on the last carry. That's the only thing for me. Just grain of salt. I am
1: encouraged but still concerned about the run game. Yeah.
2: That, and that's not just James. That
1: relates to the offensive line. That relates to Benny Snell.
2: Absolutely. Well, And you heard how I was kind of alluding to that by yeah. saying yeah. I like the mentality. you were setting me up there for the, that for the lob. Gotta, the, yeah. You were the, the Dwayne Wade yeah, the absolutely. You know what I mean? I was posing in a front. Kobe to Shaq. You know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but and like you said, we're definitely going to get into some of the negatives and some of the minutiae after this, but another person I really wanted to point out, man, Terrell Edmonds. Yeah. I thought he probably had I thought he had his best game as a Steeler yesterday, man. Not only was he his consistent open field tackling self that he always is. But I thought he was really good in coverage in terms of attacking the ball, in terms of just being more ball savvy aware instead of just always tackling the catch. Always his guy makes the catch and then he finishes the play. It was good to see him be a little bit more aggressive, a little bit more stickier in coverage. And then, man, shout out to that last play, the sack to, to, to close it out, man, for the defense. Great job by him blitzing. Great job by him. Also, in terms of focusing on the fundamentals of being the blitzer, it's on paper When they say you're the free rusher, it sounds like it's an easy task. Mm -hmm. But we see this time and time again. Guys come in on a bad angle. They come in on the the quarterback's inside shoulder or his downfield shoulder, the one that's closer to the line of scrimmage. And that's wrong. Even though it's a closer target, that's wrong because these quarterbacks are able to step up. I mean, not step up or step back or bubble around, and you're never going to be able to make that play. We see it time and time again. Ben is great at that. Russell Wilson is great at that as well. But if you look at the details of Edmund's entry angle, he's going for the quarterback's upfield shoulder. By doing that, it gives the quarterback a one-way go. And where is he going? To the line of scrimmage where it's already pressure from the interior rusher. So that way it benefits you in terms of – we talk about your margin of error increasing or decreasing, it, it, it benefits you so much more when you go upfield shoulder because now, even if your angle is off, he doesn't have anywhere to go. He steps up to a wall. You're making the play regardless. When you come inside shoulder though, or his shoulder that is closest to being downfield, now you have to be perfect. He can't see you because if he does, it's an easier sidestep. And now that that fourth and two is looking totally different with him, you know, escaping the rusher, no container, now <laughs> he has to throw uh, a run pass option. We don't want that. That's bad for business. So I thought, man, Terrell did a phenomenal yeah. job in terms of just trusting the fundamentals in in, in in the words of basketball, making the layup. So many people miss the layup, man. you thinking True. about, oh, I'm wide open. It's the layup. I don't have to worry about it. No. Take your time. Use your fundamentals. Make the play. Make <laughs> the, like that. Make I the like routine that play, man, because it happens so often. We see it all the yeah. time. Oh, and right. That's at every level. <laughs> like people, people miss bunnies, right? Yeah, like yeah. It's, it's I mean,
1: you see it in golf, right? The golfer no misses question. the. Fo- there was that guy in the U.S. Open, yeah. six putted over the weekend. Yes.
2: So, so that's the thing, man. You you can't take it for granted because at all levels, you, you I mean, a guy like Danny Green, just for basketball context, multiple time champion, has hit big time play after big time play, clutch performance. I mean, he even missed a layup wide open fast break layup mm-hmm. uh, last series for for the Lakers. So mm-hmm. it happens. But that's why you have to and treasure fundamentals and make the routine routine.
1: I love that analogy. Love it. More, uh, more good to get to. How about Ben Roethlisberger's elbow? How about the pass rush of that Steelers defense? And, of course, we've got to talk about some of the bad. Uh, ball security is a concern. Uh, efficiency on third down. First down as well, too is a concern, so we will get to all of that, the good and the bad, as we continue here in the first hour. Arthur Motes, Wesley Euler, remember, questions, comments, concerns, reactions, you can find us on Twitter, at Wesley Euler, at TheBody52. The Body. You're listening to Steelers Blitz on a Victory Monday. Victory! On SNR.
0: is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24/7 home of the black and gold SNR
1: Having some fun on a Monday and you know Motsy quick observation for you and we'll do our uh, our Sunday observations here before we get out of here in the first hour uh new name for you by the way for the Sunday observations All right what you got uh, I'll tell you when we get there Okay cool. but I'll just let you know that it was crowd it was crowdsourced uh, by our buddy in Virginia Okay all right But uh, but we'll get to that about 15, 20 minutes from now. Um, And now I just got distracted and don't remember what I was going (laughs) to say. Uh, Something about observations from – oh, Monday observation. Yes, here we go. We missed out on this last week um, because the Steelers played on Monday. But I tell you what, you know, Mondays are Mondays, except for during football season when your team wins on Sunday, right? Mm Like there is a I forgot how much a the spirits of a town are uplifted of a community of an area of a geographical location. As long as their team wins on Sunday. I mean Monday morning, the sun's out, your coffee tastes better, everybody's smiling, people are letting you merge at the tunnels, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like people are real nice. A team loses like you know, I hate to be in Philadelphia today, you know. Ooh. Hate to be in Atlanta today. <laughs> I mean, it's probably just like someone peed in your cereal from the moment you wake up, right? I forgot this last week because, again, the Steelers played on Monday. But Mondays during the fall, when your
2: team wins on Sunday, much more enjoyable. No question, man. You you love it, man. And and that's the thing, too. When you're talking about diehard football towns like how Pittsburgh is – Everything, Like you said, the people just smile so much more. They're wearing the colors a lot prouder. I mean, it's just a good vibe all together, and that's why they always talk about how a team's performance does have an impact on a city, man. These people, man, you think about everything they endure throughout the week, the virtual schooling, the work from home, the concerns with the pandemic. (laughs) I mean, there's so much on their plate. They just want to be able to enjoy their team play on Sunday, and hopefully their team wins. So when a team does win – and they do it how the Steelers have been doing it. I mean, it just makes you feel that much better, man. It really does just take that burden off you and give you that more encouragement for the week. So, man, that's that's why I always appreciated how sports impacts the game like that and just impacts life like that. I like how you mentioned
1: that, actually. I don't think it's quite to this extent, but you hear a lot about what made the 70s Steelers so beloved, why there was just that absolute adulation and love affair with the Pittsburgh Steelers in this town, Obviously, because of the success that helps, duh, four right, four Super Bowls in six mm-hmm. years certainly helps. But that was a rough time for Pittsburgh and a lot of its citizens. Right? I mean, the yeah. steel the steel industry was drying up. People were losing their jobs. People, relocated everything. People had people had uh, had no income. They had no work. They had no job. And in a lot of ways, they had no hope for a future. But every Sunday at 1 o'clock for three hours, they could turn on the TV and they could watch Mean Joe Green Ooh. and Mel Blunt Ooh. and Jack Lambert Ooh. and Jack Ham and it. Donnie Shell mm-hmm. kick some absolute booty and L.C. Greenwood and Dwight White. And they could watch Terry Bradshaw and Lynn Swan and Franco Harris and Mike Webster and John Stallworth. And they could watch these guys light up teams on offense. Again, Mozi, it's a little bit different. Because I mean that that was literally like a, a whole town almost collapsed. This is more nationwide, but it has been a rough year for a lot of people. And I think I think we do forget how just something as simple as watching your team win for three hours can can put a smile on your face
2: for for the whole week. Absolutely, man. It should not be taken for granted. It should not. That's absolutely why we not. celebrate victory. That's right. And so you It know should not here. be taken for granted. What's up? Yeah, Ben Roethlisberger's elbow looks all right, mozi Yeah, it definitely does, man. Um, <laughs> Honestly, for me, I'm still – I guess I was – well, no, I feel like everybody did this, right? When when Ben started putting out the videos and stuff, we all believed blindly, right? We just said that, you know what, we, we're going to believe that He said he's good. He said he's fine, doesn't have any pain. So for some reason, I think that's why I'm not as impressed with his elbow. I, I'm not looking at it like, oh, man, the elbow looks good today. Because like when when he said that video, was it in February or March? I forgot, whenever he dropped the video and then he did the one with Juju where he's cutting his hair. Ever since then, I've been like, all right, you said it. I'm going to believe you 1,000% on this. That hasn't impressed me. What has impressed me is how he's been able to step up in the pocket time and time again with guys around him, with guys falling into his lap, and he's still dropping daggers. that's to me, has been the most impressive these first two weeks. We've seen it on a lot of his big-time throws, man. He's had guys right around him in his face, yeah, and he's still, with no second thoughts about it, man, stepping in these throws, showing elite confidence, man. So for me, that's what I've been the most impressed with. But like I said, it's probably because when he said, and I don't know if I probably should have believed him or not, but I just did. I I was like, man, seven. He don't put videos on us? If he put the video on, he's got to be good. He's got to be all right.
1: (laughs) Yeah, uh, man, that elbow sure looks good, and like you said, it's not like he's had uh, the cleanest of pockets to operate from through these first two weeks. He hasn't been under siege either. I don't want to make it seem like that, but yeah, a lot of a lot of positives to take from Ben, uh, from Chase Claypool, from Juju, Deontay Johnson yesterday. Uh, and I'm gonna I, I'm gonna stop there, right? Because we're gonna talk about the ball security. We're gonna mm-hmm. talk about some of the third down efficiency. And Barry's tweeted us here and said the first down efficiency has been horrendous mm-hmm. as well. Uh, we're gonna get to all of those. All right, we will. We will address some of the concerns. But last but not least, Arthur Motes. <laughs> A lot of people said, and the Pittsburgh Steelers. Okay, but yeah, they're just. Look at the sack numbers they've put up the past couple of years. They're gonna to struggle to replicate that again. Look at the turnovers last year. They're gonna to struggle to replicate that again. That's such a year to year thing. And hey, mozi, it's only two games into the season. We're only about 14% of the way 13% of the way into mm-hmm. the season. But I tell you what, that defense is on pace for more than 50 sacks again. That defense is on pace for over 30 turnovers again. And Mozi if Bud and Cam and TJ and Stephon and Tyson Alualu, let's give him some credit. If they stay healthy. And They keep doing what they are doing. My goodness, this defense is going to be a nightmare for everybody in this league. I don't care how good your offensive line is. I don't care how good your quarterback is. I mean, look what the Chargers, how they were able to frustrate Mahomes yesterday, and I know it's only game two into the season. But, man, you got to feel really good about where this Steelers defense is already so early. Yeah,
2: without a doubt. Um, And for the people that have talked about the can you replicate 50-plus sacks, They've been saying that since 2017 when we led the league in sacks and then in 2018 and then in 2019. So as much as people have this, you know, they want to trust the numbers and the analytics and say that it's just not possible to continue to replicate 50 plus sacks. It is because with the Steelers, they have the luxury of being able to, number one, just have better players and just say, hey, you can win. You're a 10-sack guy. When we're talking about having three, potentially four, 10-sack guys in the three, I'm talking about off the top of my head, TJ, Bud, and Cam, who've done mm-hmm. it before. But then you have Tua, who also has that capability. He was on pace for that last season, yeah. When you have those individuals, that's the one element of being able to replicate high sacks, right? Typically, you see that with the teams that have two book-in guys, guys that are consistently at the top. But the other thing that the Steelers have is they know how to – generate pressure and create it in terms of all right I can't just have you guys line up across these guys and win right away well schematically let's blitz Mike Hilton let's blitz Terrell Edmonds let's blitz Vince Williams let's blitz Devin Bush so you have either or option yes and that's why they've been able to replicate 50 plus sacks for these last couple of years regardless of personnel 2017, how, how we got the 50-plus sacks was drastically different than how in 2019 they got the 50-plus sacks. Last year, it was more so TJ, Bud, Cam. In 2017, it was more so we had a ton of people with four sacks, three sacks, everybody generating pressure through, the, uh, through these blitzes and things like that. So when you have that type of versatility and that type of flexibility in terms of generating pressure, that's going to always lead you to this situation where you're able to just consistently win, regardless of if TJ has two and a half sacks like he did yesterday, or if he only has, I think it what he didn't even have a sack on Monday night. But they I think,
1: did they give him a half sack or no? I, I don't I don't think they did I don't think they did yeah, I think I don't you're think right. they did. Think so you're right.
2: but you could just see and in both of those games though it was still a ton of pressure generated. Right. They still sacked the quarterback a ton of like times. Nine QB yeah. hits. Yeah. So when you look at that, they have the ability to generate it through blitz, or through just our guys are better than your guys. Right. So that's always going to keep them in that 50-plus conversation. And because of the high sack numbers, the turnovers do fall in line from that because you get the strip sacks like we've seen for the past two weeks now when you're able to get to the quarterback a lot. I, mean, I remember in 2016 when we first started consistently getting out to the quarterback, right? Coach Thomas started telling us that it's not just enough to get sacks, we have to get strip sacks. He would show tape of Von Miller. He would show tape of Khalil Mack because those guys at the time were the best in the league in terms of generating strip sacks. Not only did they get the quarterback, they get the ball. Absolutely, and, he, and they started talking about attacking the ball, something you see T.J. Watt do all the time, right? How many He times attacks the ball. T.J., the, the quarterback is here, but the ball's over here. He's going for the ball. He's not worried about the quarterback. So when we started to implement that a lot more, it became more of our identity, and then from there you saw the turnover numbers go up and now that the back end is catch interceptions as well that makes it that much better so that's why you're getting a defense that is not only you know good in, in all phases of defense in terms of playing against the run and against the pass but now they're able to generate those turnovers because they're getting the pressure on the quarterback and stripping at the ball because now when the quarterback is under the rest and he's throwing the ball in a hurry, they're not just getting a PBU or tackling the catch. They're going for the ball and getting interceptions. That's why this defense is looking like that, and that's why it's been able to sustain it as well because of those key fundamentals of that.
1: I think that's a good call by you, and, and obviously it is like I, that's something that they've been preaching since, like you said, since 2016. And... Uh, and it looks like, man, that the, the congregation has picked up on the words of the pastor for sure. Encouraging, encouraging a lot of positives. It's certainly, like we said, easier when you are 2-0. and o. Barry says here on Twitter, just remember NFL games are hard to win no matter who you play. The Chiefs didn't look all that good either. 2-0, and o, baby. Absolutely, we'll take now, it, now, particularly see, and, and in and this early this too, season.
2: I appreciate, you said it was Gary, right? Uh, Barry. Barry. A, yeah, yeah, it would be. Yeah. So I definitely like that thought process from Barry because that is that's. I mean, that's 100 correct. We talk about it as players, but for some reason, fans <laughs> they just assume that. Oh man, this team record is this. Oh, you should beat them by 30. This is the NFL. They got guys who can come over here and start right now. Every week we talk about mm-hmm. that. You don't think Justin Simmons can start on on a Steelers defense? He's a beast. He, he can was be good. Absolutely. Good player. We could go down the list of good players. Player. Every week we can go down the list of the team that we're playing against we could point to at least 3 guys on the worst team and say, "You know what? That if, guy can start if, on. If, he if can start you, over here." If you
1: listen to Mo and I for more than 15 minutes <laughs> in the off season, you know that we both like Bradley Chubb. Yeah. Trust me. <laughs> big, fan. Yeah. big fan, big <laughs> fan. I mean, I tell you what, we'll take him and then when Bud leaves next year, we'll have him slide in yeah. nicely, perfectly.
2: <laughs> and, 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 and trust me, man, even when you look at Bud's best season, which was 11 and a half sacks, you look at Bradley Chubb's best season as a mm-hmm. rookie, it just puts it in context. Every week, man, they're going to have guys that can ball. So, this whole notion of teams are just going to blow teams out, that's the college football mentality. Yes. At this level, that does not happen because everybody is good. Right. Everybody Look at the Jacksonville is well Everybody has players. Everyone yeah. thought that
1: the Jaguars might not win two games this whole season. Uh-huh. They were a field goal away from being 2-0 and yesterday. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. In, in, in early, every early season in the NFL, the first three or four weeks are always kind of a crapshoot. Mm-hmm. Particularly this year. Yes. Just keep stacking those wins and 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 work on what you can work on week to week. I, I think it's a great call, Arthur Moats. And like we said, it's much easier to say that when you are two and zero, oh. <laughs> without a doubt. Uh, keep those tweets rolling in at West Sealer at the Body Fifty Two. The Body. We got a bunch of them here. You know that we will get to those in our number two when we come back here. It's time for our observations, Arthur Mm -hmm. Motes. A little Monday Minute. I like it. That's what we're calling it. Thrash came up with that name on the Twitter.com. I'm going to stick with it. The Monday Minute. One thought from every team in the National Football League who was in action this weekend. We'll also start to get into some of the concerns from the Steelers' victory against the Denver Broncos at Heinz Field yesterday as well. We'll wrap up our number one of the show, talking a little around the league on the other side. He's Arthur Motes. I'm Wesley Euler. You're listening to Steelers Blitz on SNR.
0: This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR.
1: Arthur Motes, Wesley Euler, it's Steelers Blitz on SNR on a Monday. And one of the things that we're going to be doing on Mondays throughout this season, Arthur Motes, you know, we did it last Monday. Still, too. We'll do it when the Steelers play on Monday. It'll be one of those things that'll stick on Monday regardless of when the Steelers game is. We're going to call it the Monday Minute. We called it Sunday Observations uh, last week, but it was brought to my attention, Arthur Motes, that the Dan Lebitard show does a thing called Weekend Observations. Okay. So I didn't, you know me. I n- I never want to step on anybody's toes. I don't, don't want to be worried about
2: what they I don't ain't doing. I do want to steal names. All right. We, and so our, we are we are us. They buddy, are them.
1: We better. Our, our buddy Thrash said, "How about the Monday Minute?" And I like that because you know this isn't necessarily going to be an entire segment. It's just a couple minutes. And if you missed it last week, it's real simple, right? It's uh, just us giving a quick thought—some serious, some funny, some goofy. You know, some legitimate thoughts. About every team who played on Sunday. Real simple, uh, real easy, real straightforward. It's a simple concept. One thought about each team who played on Sunday. Thanks to Thrash, we'll call it the Monday Minute. And thanks to Maz on Twitter, we've got a uh, we've got a theme song too.
0: Oh, all
1: right. The Curb Your Enthusiasm theme okay, song for right. a little music here for the segment in the background. So producer Wes, hit it. <laughs> All right, here we go, Monday Minute, let's get to it. And remember, I try and do these chronicle order as when NFL.com says that they kicked off. The New York Giants, your season is already over in September for the third straight year. The Chicago Bears, Mitchapalooza, Earmuffs, you're my boy Blue. The Atlanta Falcons, hey, it was really nice of you guys to wear all black to Dan Quinn's funeral. The Dallas Cowboys, best onside kick ever? Detroit Lions man that's a really nice lead you have there again it would be a shame if someone erased it again you see what I did there erased like a pencil get it pencil fraud the Green Bay Packers he's a bad man the Minnesota Vikings coupons is back that's Kirk coupons Sell, 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 Indianapolis Colts, feed, Jonathan, Taylor, the Buffalo Bills, will the real Slim Shady, I mean the real Josh Allen, please stand up. The Miami Dolphins, just run the offense through Mike Gesicki for the time being. That's all you got going. The San Francisco 49ers, man, I think the injury bug has a West Coast bias. The New York Jets, Still pretty bad. The Los Angeles Rams, yay, 2-0, but your logo still reminds me of Internet Explorer. <laughs> the Philadelphia Eagles. <laughs> Getting booted home when there aren't even any fans in the stands. Name something more Philadelphia than that. You can't. I'll give you all day. The Denver Broncos. No fan can ball. The Pittsburgh Steelers. Chase Claypool stock. Bye, 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 bye. The Carolina Panthers. Fourth and goal on the five-yard line, and you kick a field goal? Matt Rule, the the Big 12 in me is so disappointed in you. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You guys want to go ahead and just cut Lashawn McCoy now before he gets another no-show Super Bowl ring? Please? Thank you. The Jacksonville Jaguars. Guys, I don't know what's going on in Jacksonville, if the internet's down or what, but you must have missed the memo because you're supposed to be much worse than this. The Tennessee Titans, 2-0 start for the first time in 12 years. Now just don't go jinxing yourself by stomping on any terrible towels, knuckleheads. The Washington football team. Hey, who would have thought through two weeks you're tied for first place in the NFC East, baby? The Arizona Cardinals. Kyler Murray stock. Bye, 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 bye. The Baltimore Ravens. Still pretty good. The Houston Texans. Man, I'm watching them play and they could really use a dynamic playmaker at the wide receiver position. It's a shame those guys are so hard to find. The Kansas City Chiefs. I mean, you're telling me not only is the quarterback a cheat code, but apparently so is the kicker. The Los Angeles Chargers. This Justin! A quarterback controversy? Oh, you see what I did there? Just in. Get it? Justin! Get it! Justin! Herbert! Get it! The New England Patriots! Man, it really sucks when the best quarterback in the world is on the other sideline, huh? Now you know what we've all gone through for the last 15 years, and the Seattle Seahawks see sometimes running the ball at the goal line works
2: out well in your
1: favor. Arthur Motz, those are my Monday observations.
2: Bro, you're hilarious. <laughs> and for the second week in a row, I still don't know where you find this order of how these games are. NFL.com. I'm, no, no, no. You say that. I click on NFL.com every time, and really? I go down the list, Isn't and I'm like, fun? absolutely, well, every the thir- single I got the time. I Thursday night game. Right? I'm always like, bro, what, what what, schedule are you looking at? Because I don't see any of these times in these orders you're reading them off in. But it's all good. <laughs> Like, for example, the first game on my Sunday docket, it had the New York Giants against the Chicago Bears. But it's all good because in New York, oh, Saquon is over. It's over. The way we felt in Pittsburgh last year around this time, it's how y'all feeling right now around this time. Enjoy it. It does suck. Trust me, firsthand experience. Chicago. <sighs> y'all finding a way to win. I'll leave it alone. Y'all sitting at <laughs> 2-0. And we we'll are just leaving it at that because it could be worse. You could be. The Atlanta Falcons! Ah, I mean, offensive explosion. Julio, you still got hands that a 50-50, in my opinion. Shout out to Michael Thomas, but that's neither here nor there. Dan Quinn, you might be the one, though, baby. You might be the one. Dallas, Woo! Y'all saved Mike McCarthy because he was about to go on a ride. Mike McCarthy was about to so, go on a ride. He was about to go on a quick, ride. Quick, quick uh, side note for you. Uh-huh. I wrote my
1: Cowboys observation yeah. at halftime and it was it was man when are you guys gonna
2: fire jason garrett already <laughs> exactly exactly everybody wanted jason garrett, jason garrett i said oh mccarthy you got wait i don't want to say you got lucky i'll
1: you, say it you got lucky
2: <laughs> but, but but shout out to your boy deck i mean even though he threw he had 13 incompletions i ain't complaining about it because he threw for 450 yeah yeah mccarthy thank him and thank that that now, I don't even want to put it on one individual on the Falcons onside on their, the Falcons hands team Just put it on the whole hands team the kicking staff the whole special team. Anybody that plays special team should be fired because of that performance right there in yeah, Atlanta man Because yeah. as bad as it was you still had a chance You still had a chance I don't know what they were doing But that's neither here nor there Whew. Detroit You hit it on the head man It had to get erased
1: <laughs> you like that? that one, that's didn't what you?
2: happens when you use a pencil on lamination. It doesn't work. Second week in a row. Does not work. Green Bay Packers. Tell you, man. They need all this help on offense. They need all this help. They don't have enough weapons. Oh, <sighs> just shut up to Aaron Jones. Do they, have,
1: do they have the best two Aaron's Shame. Aaron athletes hey. in the world? <laughs> Holy cow,
2: because I'm telling you, man aaron aaron jones i mean we know aaron we right. know aaron we know him but now we got this new A-A But this, a- this other Aaron. he's pretty nice i mean people. how you want it you want him running or you want him catching it i mean because either way he, he he's very diverse and now he likes remember to when, uh,
1: the, right they did the the espr buddy jeremy fallon yeah, the, yeah, absolutely. The, the, the
2: top positions thing right
1: i think aaron jones was 10th yes, on the running back list
2: absolutely he was not pleased and, and about people, that and people balked at it too like aaron jones 10th what Packers need to draft a running back okay sounds good <sighs> Packers are the Packers, Jaguars. The Jaguars, man. I'm t- I said it last week. Bad news bears. That's who they are. They don't know they're supposed to be terrible. They just keep finding ways to be gritty. They keep finding ways to stick into it, man. A band of misfits. A nobody band, told them they were supposed to be listen, terrible this season. A, a group of guys that nobody even believed in. I'm included. And, like you said, a field goal away. Literally, they're right down there at the end, man. This is crazy. And we know this Titans team is good. AFC Championship game last year. And they bring back a lot of pieces. But, man, the Jaguars, they are surprising people. And they
1: played the, they, everyone's like, ah, oh, well, the Colts are going to stink after nah, that. Well, look what the nah. Colts did to the Vikings. A- exactly.
2: So so stop seeking comfort. <laughs> so the Jags might not be the worst team in the NFL Absolutely. after all. Absolutely. Then you got the Titans, man. The Titans, they are who they are. They, they, they find ways to win greedy performance. They had a greedy performance the Monday night prior to that against the Broncos. They turn around have another greedy performance against the Titans. I just think that they're, they're habitual one-score winners because that's the style of football they play. They're not going to light I it like up it. and have these big leagues. No, they like play it. really good defense and special teams, and they run the ball. That's what they do. And that's the recipe for success for so them, man. you telling me that the Denver Nuggets of the NFL? Basically. And you see how they – exact same results, too. Exact same results, so that's that, man. But the Minnesota Vikings, oh, and the, your words, the <laughs> Minnesota Captain Kirk. Come on, Captain Coupons. Come on, Captain Coupons. Hey, you, you do this every time. I sit up here and I praised you last week for your performance against the Packers and how resilient y'all were 24 points in the fourth, and then you turn around and you do this to me this week yeah 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 yeah. This is why I don't like Kirk Cousins. I don't like that. I don't like sell, that. Sell 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 sell. Jeez. Now the Colts. Philip
0: said, man, you looked a lot better I'm back. a week too. I'm on the Colts train. You
2: looked a lot better. I'm back on the Colts train. And, and and shout out to the running back decision too, man. We're thinking that they were going to go with Hines. They wait. They, they say, you know, we're going to go Taylor. Have him feature. 26 carries, 101 yards. Man, mm-hmm. looked good. Had a touchdown on the ground. Was very impressive. Very impressive. Ah, yes, going to the only team in New York now, the Buffalo Bills, Josh Allen. 400 passing, four touchdowns, zero picks. Talk dirty, timid, baby. Yes, sir. Only nine incompletions, too. And he had a fourth quarter comeback. Yeah. Yeah. I like it on the road, too. Oh, Miami Dolphins it's magic you still got the magic but you still got some non-magical issues as well but ultimately man y'all are still showing that y'all are in contention man y'all played the Patriots tough week one Mm -hmm. played a really good Bills team in week two I mean realistically you're playing the two front runners of the AFC East and you played them both to very tight one score games. so you know what Miami I still like y'all y'all still got hope y'all still got hope I I can respect that take it. San Fran Boy, I don't know what voodoo doll y'all done stepped on. Who done cursed y'all. What What? Where what, what, what did y'all do to get in trouble? Whatever was going on with the Warriors, like, the Niners dude, it's it's like, something in the Bay. I don't know. This game was Curry, in New York, but I just. Thompson, Durant, this is all those nuts. guys getting injured now. I, I, Bosa bro, and Garoppolo and this Mostert. This is crazy. I've never seen nothing like it. This is crazy. You talk about bad luck. Wow. And they still won big. But that's because on the other end, it yeah. was it, it was Coach Eyeballs over there. That team
1: who like I, I, I think just every week my observation about the Jets is going to be still pretty bad. My observation about the Ravens is going to be still pretty good. At yeah. least for the time being, I'm just sticking with Absolutely. that. Absolutely, and then and,
2: and, and then you know as much as people like to talk in the AFC East about Sam Darnold and, and, and how he compares to Josh Allen, just who would do that? Just for context, yesterday, who would, who would do that? You know, I'm not the biggest in numbers. But it fits my narrative so we're gonna drop some statistics here sam donald 21 of 32 for 179 yards and one touchdown josh allen 24 of 35 so only three more passing attempts 417 yards and four touchdowns take that new jersey take that but the next thing we got to talk about man the la rams man and Yeah, Boy Wonders back doing what he does out there in terms of McVay. He's got those guys balling out. And, of course, it was against your Philadelphia Eagles. He finally beat Doug Peterson. I mean, shout-out to the fact that your boy Carson Wentz got booed at home virtually. We're going to get there. How do you get booed virtually? I don't know, but I like it. But I like it. (laughs) Denver Broncos, man, shout-out to Jeff Driscoll. I wanted to come in here, and I thought I was going to be able to bash y'all and talk greasy about y'all today, but, unfortunately, Jeff Drizzle, just Jeff Driscoll surprised a lot of us, man. He looked good against a, an elite defense in the Pittsburgh Steelers, man. So I got to tip my cap to him in that regard, and definitely feature Noah Fant a lot more. Why did you wait? Listen, with He's Drew, a beast. This the thing with Drew Lock. That would have been the game plan. For some reason, with Jeff, it took him a little bit of time to start realizing that hey, Noah Fant's a mismatch. Throw to him. He's a beast. Yeah, but Jeff, you're going to be the guy for the next four to six weeks. Throw the Just ball throw to the fan. fan. Throw the fan. you will be 87. fine. 87. Your
1: first look is 87. He's fine. I
2: promise you, you'll be fine. <laughs> I promise you. Pittsburgh Steelers. It was kind of ugly, but I like it though. I like it because we lost these ugly games last year. Shout out to Ben and shout out to my rookie, Chase Claypool. Bye 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 bye. Wow! I love it. Can you throw him the ball more? Pretty please. Bye 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 Pretty, bye. Pretty bye, bye. please. All right. <sighs> Carolina Panthers. Y'all just continuing to shoot bad. Shout out to Teddy Two Gloves. Though. It was good to see him back. You know, turning over a little bit, but he definitely threw and he looked a lot better. Tampa, or excuse me, Tampa Tompa. Bay Buccaneers. Man, where was all this Father Tom talk again? <laughs> I, I, I could have sworn that the Bucks were, were terrible. They were all off-season hype is over for them. I don't know. Who would, I, don't know I, who would I say and I could have sworn Fournette wasn't the back either. I, I don't know. I mean, you, you make it make sense to me. Either way, I like it. Shout out to the Bucks on that mm-hmm. one, all right? Washington football team. Hey one and one I'll take it. But more importantly, I love how even though the Cardinals, they they, they definitely bust all y'all, y'all still competed at a high level. That's the thing that I'm most impressed with because right now, when you're on a team like the Washington football team, where you know you're the underdogs heavily every week, where you know we don't have the personnel, it's so easy to not compete. Just it's so it easy in, yeah. to pack it in. But the fact that they're still competing like that, man, I love to see it. So I tip my cap to you. Arizona. Y'all got a baller in Colin Mary. Bye, and bye, Ka- bye, bye, Colin bye, Mary, y'all have a legit baller. And shout out to this receiver they picked up. I don't know where they found so this, hard to find this Hopkins guy. We know how tough it is really to find finding. I mean, if I, mean, you I could, know Kevin Colbert can listen, find these if guys, you could but that. If you could draft him, you keep him. But I mean, of course. I mean, the, the Cardinals—they haven't draft drafted him, a receiver like that since Larry Fitzgerald. trade general. him for
1: a running back. Whenever you right? Find I, him I mean, that. I
2: win it. I don't think any sensible person would. I mean, so so shout out to to the Cardinals for finding that DeAndre Hopkins guy. He must have been a still like nobody. He was a sleeper this year. That's what it was. He was a sleeper pick. Ha! Ah, Kansas City Chiefs. Harrison Buckner is E-L-I-T-E! Exclamation point, exclamation point, exclamation point. Justin Tucker, you, you, see, you see those town. three exclamation points because that boy hit a 58-yarder how many times? Oh, well, no, no. He hit for 53 the first time. And then he had an offside or a fall starting to hit 258.
1: 350
2: plus. With, with Listen, 53, 58, 58 with room to spare
1: on all three the first two times when he hit them both I looked at my wife and I said why did he do that he just he just drained his leg Nah. and then the second time nah. I was like well there's no chance I nah. got on my phone
2: I wanted to live bet the Chargers because nah. I thought for sure he was gonna miss it and the Chargers were about to take over in midfield nah. my man was sitting there, on my face money ice in his veins I was hyped I loved it I said when he hit the 58 yarder the first time I said okay he really means it, cause if you if you feel like your leg is, is shaky once you get 53 plus, you kick that first 53. You're not gonna go through your your kick again because he, obviously they have time when the ball is snapped. Right. I mean when they when the whistle was blown, they have time. But when you hit it again for 50, I said, oh yeah, he don't care. He he's he's about it, and it was beautiful. It was three times. Chargers, listen, Anthony Lynn. I pre- I appreciate you saying if Tyrod is healthy, he's your guy. <laughs> Tyrod is from my hometown. That's my guy, 757. I love it. You know what I mean? And I would love to see him thrive. But Anthony Lynn, I don't care if Tyrod Taylor is my brother. You better not start him next week if Justin Herbert's playing like that. That boy was 22 or 33 for 311. One touchdown against the Chiefs. Boy, are you crazy? Are you crazy? Anthony Lynn, don't play with me like that, baby. Do not play with me. And Tyrone is my guy, but do not play with me like that, man. Baltimore Ravens. Yeah. Still pretty good. Still pretty good. And once again, not bad for a running back. All right. <laughs> once again, not bad for a running back. Houston, Texas. Deshaun Watson is doing everything he can. He doesn't get protected a lot. He gets hit a ton. He's making something with Brandon Cooks, but he needs one of those dynamic, just franchise caliber number one wide receivers. Yeah, they could use one. If only you could have drafted one a couple of years ago and so developed hard, them, so hard to find. paid them, and kept them, man, it, it would have been great. But I know, I mean, y'all would have never just traded them away for a David Johnson. I mean, how's that been working out for you guys in two weeks thus far? Not good. Not good. Not good. Not good. And then the the the, the, the final, man, the creme de la creme, the five-star matchup that we had, man, with the New England Patriots. Listen, I know you was up here talking about not having the best quarterback in the world. You better stop playing with Cam Newton. Because last oh, night... Cam's good. Oh, because uh, last night... Hey, listen, I know we're going to praise Russell Wilson and I got all that, but don't don't sit here and act like you can't make a strong case that Cam outplayed that boy last night. He definitely did. In my opinion, he did. I understand. Listen, when, when we're talking about these defenses... The reason why I like Cam's performance a lot better is because that Seahawks defense is a lot better than that Patriots defense right now. Yes. That Seahawks defense with the addition of Jamal Adams is way better. They didn't have nowhere near the opt-outs at key positions of key players like the Patriots did, in particular on that defense. And Cam looked money. Second game looked money. And let's be real, he should have won. Element drops, drops the touchdown. He's a square in the hands. It's a touchdown. Walk-off red zone. Game. And we're not up here talking about Russell Wilson. But speaking of Russell Wilson, Lord have mercy, <laughs> Lord have mercy. Listen, Russell, I be I want to hate on Russell so bad, and I don't know why. Every week I'm just like, bro, I'm over here cheering for him. I'm like, I can't help it, Russell. Too good. You're just too good, and I hate it. All
0: right, you, you you're too good. Golly. You what
1: Collinsworth said last night about the MVP vote. What did he say? Because uh, uh, Al Michaels brought oh, up I can't yeah, believe yeah. this guy's never gotten it Did yes. you hear what Collinsworth said? I did not hear what Collinsworth, Collinsworth said well, well, actually, I voted for Russell Wilson for MVP But I submitted my ballot too late So he said, it's my fault, Russell oh, Wilson. Well, Collinsworth? Stop if you don't it. get up it. out of
2: here Stop it If you don't I'm get up out of here it, One, I'm not buying that Well, and I would ask you then Which year was it? Last year Last when Lamar year. was going yeah. crazy? Lies er-
1: it was either it was in or the past what, two years. I was in
2: the year before that when it was lies. Lies like yeah, stop right. it, bro. <laughs> like, one, I'm not buying that. And two,
1: I'm also not buying that, like, if Chris Collinsworth's ballot was a day or two late, they're not gonna take they're, it. They're not gonna take it. Come
2: on now. No, no, no. <laughs> get first, get off, first off, first off. We're talking the most attention to detail announcer that we know. <laughs> right. He knows everything on every backup third stream, fourth stream, and I'm not he doesn't it. know a deadline for the most important vote I'm of the year. It. What? That's like that's like the the Super Bowl happening, and they got ten guys doing the MVP values, and one guy's, oh man, y'all turned it in right now. I'm not done yet. Oh, and they just go without him. No, nah, that's not how it works, baby. That's, like, that'd that's like, not how it That'd it be works. like
1: me being like uh last year, you know. uh, Oh uh, yeah, I was I was gonna put money on the Nationals to win the World Series, but uh, right. I was outside of Pennsylvania, so my gambling app wouldn't let me. Like stop like, no, no, it. Just stop. No, just stop. I don't You're lying. Really hear none of that. You're lying.
2: You're just absolutely lying. Yeah. So, that's how I feel, though, man. Russell, though, golly. And and, and D.K. Metcalf. That was a beautiful matchup, him and Gilmore. Even even when Gilmore got beat on the bomb, I still, man, that was good on good because you see, once again, perfect position. It reminded me a little bit of Edmonds, though. You see him body position is perfect. Arm right across where the catch point is. It's a great job by D.K., man. I love seeing good on good like that being played, man.
1: Me too. And Arthur Motes. You know, Eagles fans are sick for a lot of reasons. Mm -mm Mm-mm-mm. A big one is because they took J.J. Ortega-Whiteside when Terry McLaurin and D.K. Metcalf were still sitting there on the board. That's one of the things that my wife and all
2: the the
1: Eagles fans in my life are complaining about. We are are way overdue for a break here, but i got to tell you and the listeners this because you'll crack up. Um, the, The video that I sent you, and if you're unfamiliar, right, the Eagles obviously are playing at home. There's no fans there. But whoever's controlling the audio at Lincoln Financial Stadium in Philadelphia. He needs a raise. Two times. He needs a raise. Hit the boo audio when the Eagles made bad plays. Uh, once it. once when they failed to convert a third down. And mm-hmm. another time when Carson Wentz threw an interception in the, in the end zone. The guy, whoever's sitting there in Philadelphia at Lincoln Financial Field, is pressing the boo audio for the Eagles. Carson Wentz getting booed off the field in Philadelphia with no fans in the stadium. The only place in the world that this can happen is Philly. You can't convince me this could have happened anywhere else. Right, Arthur Motes? But I get home yesterday, and my dear wife, Eagles diehard, family that's had Eagles season tickets since the 60s. You know what she said to me? It would have been like music to your ears. Uh Uh-oh, uh-oh. Two words. Went sucks. Oh, I mean, just I could I could feel the Philly protruding from her pores. Yeah, and then here's the best, right? So I start to laugh and I go, (laughs) I go, I go, Ah! how about I go, how about him getting booed off the field by the virtual fans, huh? And she goes, what are you talking about? And I said, oh, you didn't see the videos? And she goes, she goes, no. So I showed her the video. Oh
2: man! You want
1: to know what she said? Good. They deserve it. They should feel the pressure. <laughs> See? I love it. I love it. And I, I said, you it. are so Philly. It hurts. Shout she out to said, Morgan on that one, man. Good. They deserve it. They should feel the
2: pressure. They should. <laughs> Listen, in Philly, it, it, only in Philly will you virtually boo. And, and I feel like it's right because, hey, the way Carson Wentz has been playing, I understand y'all, they, they were beat up. I understand that. But still. But that
1: was not an excuse for how he played not, yesterday. Not at all, man. He, he's been looking a little rough. Br- little. A little rough. Cool. Mots, am, I, am I completely out on Carson Wentz? Is that fair to say?
2: I don't know. I mean, you, you do have him rated pretty highly when we're talking quarterbacks. I might be out. You, you had him over a couple of said quarterbacks that have looked good. These I might be weeks. I
1: might be out. You know? I did have Ben ahead of him, though. How you about did, that? You did. Um, real quick question for you. The last one that I wanted to ask you, and again, we're way over here. But who cares? It's a Monday. It's a victory Monday. We're having fun. If you're the Jets... You really thinking about the possibility of Trevor Lawrence
2: two years after taking a quarterback second overall? This is my thing. I personally don't feel that it's any of their I don't feel like it's Darnold's problem. Yeah,
1: me, that, that the same too.
2: way like when people tried to put it all on L Bell and all these other things, I don't think it's all on him. I think man, when you're talking about Adam Gase, he is the, the, the issue. Man, this it's a reason why you're getting multiple people that have problems you know what I'm saying, in terms of working with him, in terms of feeling like his commitment level to winning could be in question. That's my only concern or the only reason why I'm a little hesitant on just saying let's move on from Darnold. Yeah. Because I do think he does possess some of the capabilities to be a good quarterback, but his situation is is bad. Brutal. Think Baker Mayfield last year type situation. Like, it's just – with no chub and Hunt. right, right. You don't even have the weapons to go along with it, but you have dysfunction within your organization. Well, it's, it, it's tough. It sets you up for failure. Whereas you, you, you look on the 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 uh, the contrary to a guy like Josh Allen, where he has the stability around him. They've put pieces in place for him, and now you see how he's been able to flourish these first two yeah. weeks. Those that, that that was is re- what really stands out to me when I think of Sam Darn. I just think his situation is bad right now, man. I think that man him somewhere else or him with a different a, 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 a front staff. office that believes in him a different coaching staff yeah. that wants him i think it's a different tune but you run into this sometimes man, you when do. you're changing regimes every you know, two to three years. Mm-hmm. You're going to get carryover and, and, and leftovers. <laughs>
1: yeah, No, 100%, without a doubt. It'll be interesting to keep an eye on that as the season goes forward. All right, we're way overdue for a break here now with this 26-minute segment. We laid down Arthur Moats uh, To start the second hour, we'll get you your tweets. We'll talk about some of those concerns from the victory. We'll have Professor Moats Monday as well. All that and more to come, so stick right here with us on your 24-7 home of the black and gold SNR.
0: Euler and Motes are on the air. This is the Steelers Blitz on your 24-7 home of the black and gold.
2: SNR,
0: Steelers Nation Radio.
1: Good afternoon, Steelers Nation. How we doing? Victorious! That's good. Me too. 2-0 on a Monday morning and feeling good. Wesley Euler, Arthur Motes, hour number two here inside the electric factory in no the drill, you wanna chime in anytime here? You got sixty more minutes to do so on Twitter at Wesley Euler at the body52. Duby. We will get to your tweets before we get out of here, but first, my favorite thing to do on a Monday, of course, particularly after a Steelers victory. We gotta go inside the classroom here professor motes you know he talks to you on friday he gives you the five things to watch that will determine the outcome of the steelers competition and then we break it all down on monday so without further ado we are already laid behind here so professor let's go to class
2: all right students we are running behind so you know what let's hop right into this thing man we got five points today once again let me hear you say five, five. let me hear you say five. One, two, three, four, four five all right sounds good now we got four positives and we got one not so positive all right so let's get the not so positive out the way so we can go ahead and ride the good train all right so the first thing man that we want to talk about is detailing your work now when we talk about detailing your work in particular when it comes to ball security This is the second week we've seen the ball put on the ground too many times by our skill players, whether it's running backs, whether it's wide receivers. At the end of the day, in order for this team to be as good as they want to be, in order for this team to win those close games down the line versus those top tier teams, we're talking about the Chiefs, we're talking about the Saints, we can go down the list, you know the teams we're talking about. In order to win against those type of teams, you have to protect the ball. The same way us in Pittsburgh on defense, we thrive on creating turnovers, that's one of the things that's potentially holding this offense back from really hitting stride, Hmm. is the detailing of the work, man. So ball security, whether it's looking in the routine passes And catching them, which we've seen a couple of times now in these first two games, different receivers, man, having the ball hit them on their hands. Couple of running backs, ball hitting them on their hands, not looking it in. Detail your work. All right, so that's the first. That's the first point, baby. Got it. All right. Now, time for number two. Let me hear you say two. Dos. Let me hear you say two. Zai. Let me hear you say two. Whatever two is in French. Duh. Duh. All right. Dang it. I should have done (laughs) that. I knew that. I was waiting for that, so I kept throwing it back. (laughs) I knew that. Mateo, so the second thing that we got to talk about, man, and this has me extremely excited, man, rookies rising to the occasion. Man. Oh, man. The two guys in particular that stand out to me the most right now, obviously Chase Claypool, what he's been able to do back-to-back weeks, showing that he is a legitimate deep threat, showing bona fide speed man in terms of after he has the ball in his hands separating wow i mean you just love that and i love what he's been able to do on special teams man he had a big time tackle on kickoff had another one on punt return uh, on punt man when you're seeing guys young guys like him that are giving it up not only on offense but on special teams that's rising to the occasion and then the young offensive lineman kevin Dotson, your first performance man as a stealer as a starter Dude, you ball out. You don't give up a sack, man. You do a great job using your hands, communicating, showing your improvement, showing growth. For me, man, I was just very impressed by Kevin Dotson, especially – in a week like that man Where you're coming off Of a Monday night game So you don't even have The full gamut Of time to get prepared I just thought for me man Kevin Dotson did a really Really good yeah. job And he rose to the occasion In a big way And Without it was pretty doubt. cool too man That Ben gave him the game ball Obviously hearing the story About his dad his Being dad. a diehard Steelers yep. fan you love to see it man So shout out to Claypool and Dotson In terms of my rookies and, Rising to the occasion And Pops Dotson too Oh yeah and Pop Papa Dotson Yeah you need Pops Without Pops it ain't no Kevin That's So right. yeah That's right Alright alright Time for number three Trace. Time for number three. Dry. Time for number three. Don't know French. Toi. Toi.
0: Come Deux on. De de trois.
1: Yeah,
2: yeah. You're yeah.
0: right. I should have known that at
1: least. Come on, Dang, baby. I'm Come slack, on I'm now.
2: Alright, number three. Number three. They all can't be pretty. Now we all know. We wish it could all be perfect. We <laughs> wish yeah. that everything that every time we took a test, every time we took a quiz, we got 100 percent Never any traffic when you leave the house. We wish every time we said we're gonna arrive in five minutes, we really arrived in five mm-hmm. minutes. We wish that every time we hopped on the air, we had just the most perfect show. You know, we, we
1: wish it. Every time you cook a meal, it's done perfectly. Yeah, you pro- know, Properly seasoned. Never overcooked, never no, no. undercooked.
2: C- c- to a temperature of 145, yep. not 146. Every, every
1: single time, right.
2: But unfortunately, it doesn't always work like that. It does that. not. Unfortunately, in life, we're going to have to have some ugly situations. That we are. We're going to have to face a little adversity. We're going to have to have some things not go our way. But wow, this team right here showed... They are a good team because good teams find ways to win these type of games. Good teams find ways to win ugly games. A wise man once told me this: You rather look bad and lo- you rather look bad and win than mm-hmm. look good and lose. All right. Mm-hmm. Now, some people will say it's the contrary. Some people rather look good and lose than look bad and win. Billy and but, Sydney but, used to but,
1: argue about that.
2: But but that, that but but this is on one of those situations where I have to agree with Billy, baby. I rather look bad and win. They look good and loose. So shout out to the Steelers, man, for finding a way to get the job done, regardless of how it looked from an optics standpoint. I thought that was critical, man. Now it's time for the fourth one. And I'm not going to ask you to go down your French and Spanish because I don't want to expose what you do or may not know. I'm still good on the Spanish and German. Right. French, I uh, lost. Me. But, but, but for number four, this one touches my heart. Batman is cool. We love Batman, we right? I do. But Batman and Robin, that, that dynamic duo right there, Takes that's, over the that's top. special. That's when you're changing the world. Like, I love peanut butter, but slap some good jelly on there, too. Listen, man, pairs are better than singles, all right? Mm-hmm. We know that when we were put on this earth, we were put to have a pair. Adam and Eve, we that's were right. put to have a pair. We that's can go right. down the list. Bud Dupree and T.J. White, oh, my God. Match made in heaven. Wow. You love it. Speaking of Adam and Eve, that's a match made in heaven. You love it. See what I did there? You love to see it. You love to see it. Both of those guys now for the past two games. And and we're not even talking about what happened last year, but just these opening two games have both provided critical impact plays to ultimately change the outcome of the game. Man, you have to love it, man. Obviously, TJ had the big pick in week one. Bud had the big forced, uh, forced interception for Cam Hayward. Then you come in here in week two. TJ once again lights it up two and a half sacks man then you look at Bud Bud cleaning it up man getting the force fumble obviously uh Mike Hilton returns it man you love to see that those two guys the energy that they play with both in the passing and in the running game it, it, it really touches me man because sometimes when you're playing against a, another good player like that you're competing against each other and sometimes you can lose sight of being able to celebrate the other players accomplishments sure It happens, I've been a part of it, but at the same time I've been a part where you celebrate each other because you you care about each other so much, you wanna see each other succeed. And right there with Bud and TJ, that's their relationship, that's their dynamic. You see them celebrate, it's almost like they celebrate harder for the the other other person making the play than when they make the play. You love it. But yeah, I I just love to see that, man. That that dynamic duo right there, man. They are top-notch, and they have been kicking some serious booty these first two games. So I'm excited to see this thing continue. I like it. And then time for the fifth and the final point. The fifth and final point. The Uh, fifth one, the last one. The creme de la creme. I got to shout out Terrell Edmonds, man. Terrell Edmonds had his most complete game You talk about handling adversity. You talk about a guy that's been able to handle criticism. As a first-round pick, we understand the expectations. We understand what people are going to be, you know. Sure. You're held to a different standard. Especially when you think about the safeties that have played here, and one in particular who just was the first ballot Hall of Famer, Troy Palamalu. The standard has been set extremely high. But, man, Edmonds looked so good yesterday. And especially bouncing back from week one where, and I still felt that he played good in week one. But from a coverage standpoint, he still left us wanting a little yeah, bit more. Yeah. I felt that yesterday, man, he looked really good in coverage, man. He was sticky. He was attacking the ball. He was in the right position. He still, like I said, it wasn't perfect, but he was making the plays that he needed to make. And then we already talked about the big-time sack that he had to close out the uh, performance. You just love to see that, man, when a guy like him who, like I said, people are viewing are viewing him as the weakest link on the defense and and when you're talking about player for player and things like that but to see him be able to still step up make a clutch play like that to end the game you'll have to see it and for me might as well to shout him out on my fifth and final point man so with that being said, man, like I said, we got to keep this thing going, man. 2-0 feels great, but you know what feels better than 2-0? 3-0. Absolutely, baby.
1: Without a doubt. And we'll uh, we'll see you on Friday, Professor, to discuss uh, the uh, the matchups that will lead the Steelers to go 3-0. Sounds good, but make sure you wear your mask class.
2: All right. Sounds good. I like it, baby. Wash your hands. All right. That'll
1: do it for today's class. Gosh, where's the bell? Where's the bell? I just want to get out of here. I was late. Boom. <laughs> there it is, Professor Motes on a Monday. We're gonna take a break here on the other side. Some I want to get into some of those concerns, right? Particularly first and third down efficiency, particularly ball security. We'll talk about that with Arthur Moats on the other side. Keep those tweets rolling in as well. You're listening to Steelers Blitz on SNR. <laughs>
0: This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Moats on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. All
1: right, Arthur Moats, we have been rather optimistic here, I would say, through the first, what, hour and a half of the show. So let's get to some of maybe the pessimism or just some of the concerns from yesterday. I want to start Arthur Moats with ball security. Uh, Deontay Johnson fumbles again. Benny Snell fumbles again. Ben throws an interception. Could have honestly been multiple interceptions. The Steelers were lucky in that regard. <laughs> and I saw this statistic. The Pittsburgh Steelers have now turned the ball over on offense in 20 20- Five straight games, their longest streak since the 1970s. That's a concern for me, Arthur Motes. No, you remember last year
2: when the – when the turnover streak was going and we were literally counting it down and we're like, all right, maybe this is the week it ends. And it was like, all right, well, I think the was season's like over. three weeks where we were
1: like, all right, season prediction. They're, gonna, they're
2: not going to have a turnover this week. We tried that for like three weeks. Yeah, and then they finally get to, I think it was just the end of the season where they still had a turnover. And it was like, well, at least the season's over. All right, we'll just forget about the turnovers. And it's like, <laughs> nope, they're back. They're back. They're still here. It's very unfortunate, man. Um, but there are a lot of things that have played into it. When we're talking about Benny Snell and his fumble, uh, I think they said dating back to I think his past five games now. or, or Yeah, his past five games he's had a fumble in or something mm-hmm. like that.
1: Or like four of the five, yeah, something like that. Yeah, four of the five, yeah. yeah.
2: It's not good. The The thing with him, man, that I see is – when he's in traffic, he's for, he's more focused on gaining extra yards instead of ball security. Um, I just remember when we had Le'Veon, those were the conversations that Coach T would always talk to him about. Obviously, he would say, you know, you carry in the football. It's our hopes and dreams. You turn that over, it kills what we're trying to accomplish. But he also would always talk to Le'Veon about understanding when that extra yardage is more important than the ball security element of it. I mean, we talk about how if you're in the goal line area, right, you're more prone to see a guy one hand take the ball, stick it out, one hand trying to hit for a pylon, right, because you know, okay, if I can just cross this right here, that's a touchdown. It's worth me risking my ball security a little bit. Whereas when you're in different parts of the field, in the open field in particular, you can't, you know, take those same type of chances. When you're in a crowd – like how he's been these past couple of times, you have to have two hands on the ball. You're, you can't relax like that. And we talk about the different points in terms of like the five points of pressure when you're holding the ball with your hand, your your, right. your forearm, bicep, whole arm, chest, body, and all these other things, like how you are supposed to properly cradle and things like that. He has to just continue to uh, to hammer that home. Sometimes you get guys that they've never had to worry about it before. But at the NFL level, as defenders, we're taught to attack. We're taught to attack the ball, and especially once you break the initial line of scrimmage because when you first get the ball handed to you, you see two hands on the ball. These guys right. are a lot more ball conscious. But once they break through the first wave, they relax because now they're trying to see, okay, well, what can I do next? And sometimes you have a lapse in how you want to hold that ball. As a defender, we're taught now once you break that line and I'm chased from behind, attack the ball because you're not thinking about it. Those are the things, those are the details, the little things that Benny has to work on a lot more. And then when you talk about some of the other players, man, who, who've had some ball security issues, I look more so at the receivers in terms of just the fundamentals of looking in their catches as well. That's been something that's been popping up, man, That that isn't good. The the Deontay Johnson fumble, that's just mechanics. Yeah, it, it is. It, bro, you're taking a handoff. It's, it's a jet sweep, but you're taking a handoff. You have to have a pocket. You're not grabbing it like like you're, you're handing off your iPad to your son. Like, no. No, you have to open up the pocket. It's like the drive through window right. at Starbucks. We've I mean. seen this pocket. I mean, it's been talked about since you play rec ball. It's one of the first things they teach you when you are receiving a handoff. You have to execute better in that regard, man. Though Those can be very costly if you don't, you know, and obviously it worked out yesterday, but you're not going to get – those type of bounces versus the Baltimore Ravens. You're not going to get those type of bounces versus the New England Pages, versus the Seattle Seahawks, versus the Kansas City Chiefs. It doesn't work like that. So you have to detail your work. And like I said, luckily it's happening in games where they're winning and it's easier to critique and correct these things. But that can potentially grow into a bigger issue. Yeah. And then with Big Ben, I thought that, man, he he took a step back a little bit in terms of his decision-making from week one to week two. Week one, we thought he was really clean in terms of his decision-making. The only questionable throw that I saw was the one that Ebron was, was like third and 16, laid across his body where he was rolling to his right. He was, it looks like it was a little bit high. Ebron missed time to jump a little bit. Outside of that in week one, we thought he was pretty clean. Yesterday, he had one interception. But like you said, it could have legit been three interceptions. People forget. We we talk about 23. I forgot his name. Um, I don't even know how to say his name. Yeah, actually. but
1: the dropped interception game. Yeah, guy. but pe- people,
2: we, we, we laughed about how Ben picked on him the rest of the day, right? How Claypool had a big catch on him. How mm-hmm. James Washington was cooking him. Deontay was cooking him. People forget he he had an interception hit him square in the hands in the chest in the end zone. Could have changed the game. In the first half would have changed the whole complexion of the game and I doubt if he has that interception in the end zone that they pick on him and throw at him the way they do after that. That's a good point. So it is it, clear to see like how just one t- one one play that you don't make can ultimately change the trajectory of the game but Marcus Peters, you're not going to throw the ball like that and he's going to drop it. Nope. Marlon Humphrey's not dropping that. Nope. Stephon Gilmore's not dropping that. Nope. Tyron Matthews not dropping those. Denzel Ward's not dropping no, absolutely. those. absolutely. So, for me, man, I was more concerned with, with Ben's decision-making. I thought... Everything else I thought he did well in, man. Even with the, the offense looking out of sync at times, I thought that he was still the calming force through it all. I thought that he still handled, you know, the adversity that the offense was having. Even when they weren't playing as well, he still was finding ways to generate and, and create for them. But sometimes it's better to take the sack or throw the ball away than try to force it. And I, that was prime example on the yeah. Justin Simmons interception. Yeah. He's just, 100 percent the ball, I mean, six-second pocket. Pocket looked clean for the majority of the time, but it just you—you you could look. He—it was almost like he was forcing, like I'm trying to make a play so hard right now. And you had that throw like that, and phenomenal catch by Justin Simmons too, by the way. Holy cow! Ooh. But that—that that to me, man, were, were really the big reasons with those turnovers, man, and, and how they can ultimately correct them. It, it's not like a personnel issue. No, I—I I, I love these issues. These are technique fundamentals. It's easy to coach technique and fundamentals. We can improve on that. You can't improve if you don't have the personnel. If <laughs> you we're can't over here on talent, yeah. If I'm over here talking about, hey man, I need I need running backs that can you know hit the hole and go, and we don't have anybody that's you know even remotely in the ballpark of that, it really doesn't matter. So for me, that that's why I'm like this isn't nowhere near as much of an issue as it could be. You know, this is this is correctable and fairly easy as well, man. And when when you really break down how you fix it,
1: yeah. I think so, too. That's a a good call in that regard. Um, The other thing I wanted to make sure we hit on here, possession down efficiency. Uh, It wasn't great for the Steelers' defense, either. Six penalties they took on third downs, Motzi that gave the Broncos first downs. A lot of them third and nine, third and 11, third and long situations where the Steelers were just bailing out the Broncos with a penalty. But I want to talk about the offensive side of the thing. Steelers' offense, two for 11 on third down conversions. That's not going to cut it. Is it as simple as just not being able to run the ball right, put you in a hole on first down, put you in a hole on second down, makes it more difficult on third down? Would being more efficient in the run game on first down help the Steelers more on third down? Is it that simple through two games, or is there something else that you're seeing while they're sh- why they are struggling to extend drives on third
2: down? I mean, we're oversimplifying it by just saying get the running game going on first down, but... You are correct. They do have to be a lot better There's on first down. There's been too down. many third and long right. situations. and, and this is the thing. You have two ways you can go about doing it. You can commit to the whole. Okay, we're going to run the ball on first down, or you have the alternative. The what we saw in New England where they use the the right. quick game passing attack. Right. It doesn't have to be run, right, right.
1: but you got to be able to get four, five, six yards on Absolutely. first down
2: because that ultimately sets the trajectory for that drive, man. When when you get three to five yards on that opening play, second and five. Do we call that a waste down on defense because you know the odds of them picking up this first down are great because you only have five yards to go so you can get the full gamut of plays. Whereas if you're able to have a team go second and nine, second and ten, yeah, it's a lot difficult now because you know they're backed up. Now they're have, they're forced to either Because you don't want to get third and long, so now that playbook is condensed. They're either going to try to take a shot, which they probably won't, but they're going to go screen game, draw game, to try to get back on track for third and manageable. That's what we're seeing a lot right now with the Steelers because they aren't efficient on first down. And then if they don't want to follow the trend of, okay, let's get back on track with a draw or a screen, then they try to get aggressive on second down, and now you get two incompletions, now you're looking at third and ten. Now you're looking at third and nine. That kills you. But that's what happens when you get behind the sticks early on first down, and now you're trying to play catch up on second down. And and and, adver- uh, and the opposite of that is on when we're on defense with the Steelers, they got to do better on first down. And this game in particular, we talked, we praised them for how well they did against Saquon in the running game and making Daniel Jones one-dimensional. They weren't doing that with Melvin Gordon. No, they weren't. And it was a it, it was multiple people that were involved in that man. Just differences of philosophies in terms of. Playing the run versus playing the pass, and that, that it comes with the territory. When you got guys <laughs> that can rush like how the Steelers have, you're gonna have guys that that are you know trying to get those sacks off. It, it happens, but ultimately that can be cleaned up. That can definitely be cleaned up. But both sides of the ball, they have to do better on first down. You do that, that takes away a lot of pressure on second down, and it makes you drastically better on third down. But it's crazy to think this team could go two and eleven on third down in terms of efficiency for the offense. And still found a way to win, right? That's the scary part.
1: And honestly, probably should have still found a way to win comfortably.
2: Yes,
0: yeah. that's the
1: scary that's the, part. That's the glass half like, full. Like, when you're looking at this, like the, you get the, that ball security corrected. You get a little bit better on third downs, and man, it'll, it'll yeah. you'll be you'll be rolling.
2: And, and by no means, like I said, by no means is this team close to playing perfect. No. They're not even close. I
1: mean, no, nobody is. But no, no,
2: no. I'm just saying in general, but like they're right. not even close to like November Pittsburgh. So the fact that they're sitting at two and zero after two performances like they've had. Now, and I do feel like this is a step up in competition, the Broncos, compared to the Giants. I agree. Man, just seeing that, it really gives us a lot more confidence because we know once they get going, they're going to be tough. But the fact that in the process of them getting going, they're still fi- figuring out ways to win—you love to see that.
1: Yeah, some growing pains, but doing it with uh, two victories, you will take that much easier to address a lot of those concerns when you're sitting at two and zero. Much, uh, much more comfortable. Much easier to kind of do that self-reflection, I think, as well too. And, and that should continue. That we we said it all off season, leading up to week one. The first three four weeks of the season in the NFL are usually a little sloppy. I mean, even particularly so now without the preseason, with the condensed offseason. Uh, it, it's 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 going to take teams a little bit longer to find their footing than usual. And we should expect that for the Steelers. We should expect that for a lot of teams across the National Football League. And I'm sure we'll see that continue to play out here the next week or two while teams get up to speed. Arthur Motes, Wesley Euler. We've had our say. Now it's your turn. Questions, comments, concerns, reactions on Twitter at Wesley Euler at the body fifty We will wrap with your tweets on the other side. You're listening to Steelers Blitz on SNR. My grandma and your grandma were sitting by the fire. My grandma told your grandma I'm gonna set your flag on fire Talking about him now, This him is now, the Steelers him
0: Blitz him with Wesley Euler and I'm Arthur Bates. Motes On your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR
1: Wrapping up the show as we always do with your reactions, your tweets here uh, and let's get right to it. Usman wants to know, how about the great performance from Kevin Dotson? Yeah, we talked a little bit about that in the first hour of the show. When it's a guy like that, Mozi getting thrust into the spotlight, middle of the season due to an injury, like I said, I think the fact that none of us are sitting here talking about a poor performance is, is a victory. He went out there, he did his job, and I think he's only going to obviously get better going from here.
2: Yeah, man, I thought he was very impressive um, throughout the whole day thought he had really good hands, really good footwork, communicated well, and just didn't look like the moment was too big for him. Yes. Um, I also That's had a, a chance to, to like, re-watch the game and things like that. But I thought that was my initial reaction. He just he looked confident being out there, man. So you definitely love to see that, especially from a rookie making his first start. Me says, Westman,
1: Dr. Moats, happy Monday, yo. Question of the day. Is Claypool showing that he would have gone first round in any other draft year and one that wasn't ridiculously deep with wide receivers?
2: Um, it's a good question. I think it's a mix of that. I think also the quarterback play at Notre Dame. Yeah, that plays into it as well. You can be an elite receiver, but we see even we saw even with AB when he had games with Landry Jones, Mike Vick at that stage in his career. Um, bruh, Bruce Gradkowski. Josh Dobbs, the numbers weren't the yeah. same. It, and Notre the Notre Dame's more of a traditional offense, Absolutely, too, like. and, and people forget, too, he had a first-round tight end in Cole Komet mm-hmm. that, that was, you know, dominating as well. I mean, it, it wasn't as if Chase was the only player on that offense. Right. They had an elite tight end, a first-round draft pick at tight end, so I think some of that played into it as well. Without a doubt, but, man, it was a ridiculously deep year we, we, for we'll wide receivers. take it, receivers. I love it. Uh, Definitely take it.
1: And me also wants to know, as a follow-up, what did you eat during the Stiller game yesterday?
2: Ah, what did I eat yesterday?
1: I had Caliente Pizza because that's what they bring us here to the DVE Ah, Studios for every Steelers game day.
2: Oh, no, I know what I remember now. Yeah, I went to uh, McDonald's. They have these new spicy nuggets and hot sauce. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. spicy nuggets. Dude, we doubled up. I went Saturday for college football. It was so good because they first came out Saturday. And it was so good. Me and wife were like, look, we're going to go again on Sunday. So, yeah, we went and got some more. It was perfect. I In fact, I might, I might need to go and do that I might again today. I'm going to go today. to McDonald's after this. I'm, I'm telling you, spicy man, the spicy nuggets, the spicy oh, nuggets right with eye. the hot sauce, bro, Ooh. it is awesome. Brian tweets, I think the
1: offense will be just fine. Denver played like a team with their back against the wall. Ben will continue to build continuity with the young wide receivers. It does seem like, however, Randy Feetner plays it safe when they have a decent lead. I wish instead he'd just let it loose. Brian wasn't the only one to tweet about this. We also got a tweet um, from Steelers 480 along the same lines about some of the conservative play calling and, and thoughts on how that's looked under Randy Feetner.
2: Well, and, and I'll <sighs> say this. Hindsight is always 20-20. It is. It's easy to sit here today and say, well, man, I would love to see them keep their foot on the gas and throw the ball. But then you could be sitting in Atlanta where they did keep their foot on the gas and threw the ball, and you saw how they blew the lead that they had because the problem is – if you're completing these passes and you're scoring, great, run it up. The problem is when you start having these turnovers, or not turnovers, because they didn't even turn the ball, they scored 39.0 turnovers. The problem is though, when you start having three and alls, when you start not being able to sustain drives, the clock doesn't move on incompletions. Mm-hmm. So you're elongating the game, you're giving the other team ample opportunities now to get back in this thing. So that's why it, you have to be careful with that. It's, a, it's a, a very thin line in terms of keeping your foot on the gas versus being yeah. con- conservative. And everybody is no different than the stock market. I feel like we're making investments. Everybody's <laughs> threshold is different. A guy like Todd Haley was a little bit more aggressive, right? But sometimes that came to bite him in the butt. Whereas with Randy Feekner, he's a little more conservative but, but
1: sometimes, that can, sometimes get you
2: too. that can get you as well. So it just depends on who you're talking to, man. Each person is different. For me, I necessarily didn't have an issue with the play calling because I thought that, hey, man, with that lead and the way the offense was looking at the time, they weren't looking like they were on the same page. At times, it looked like it was only a matter of time before they made a critical error. So for me, I, wouldn't, I wasn't – They dodged
1: a couple critical they, errors. They did, so on. I wasn't
2: opposed to them taking a more conservative approach and leaning on the defense. So it just depends. Like I said, each person is different in terms of how they think of it or how they are geared in terms of what risk they want to take and stuff like that. But it's a lot easier to do that, you know, when when you're at home when we're talking about it on the air like this. When you're in those games and you know, okay, I can throw this ball right here. How many times have we seen on third and short? Okay, yeah, I could run it. That's probably the best bet, the high percentage. Or I could take a chance at a shot downfield. Now, if I make the shot downfield and it's completed, we're praising this, right? Great job, man. Play beyond the sticks. Incompletion. completion, now we're over here like, bro, just run the ball. That's stupid. That was the Ty Haley effect. This right here is, is the opposite of it. So can never, you can't please everybody. At the end of the day, do what it takes to win, though.
1: Do what it takes to win, absolutely. And part of that, I mean, if you want to look at it, and this is something you and I talked about before we went on air, the Steelers led that game from start to finish. They led the entire way. They never trailed. Um, yet, at the end, before the end of game ceiling big run by James Conner, the Steelers had run the ball 17 times and thrown the ball 41 times. Mm-hmm. I think some of those concerns Steelers fans have about playing with a lead, we get that run established, that's going to that's gonna go away. You're going to control much more of the clock. Like For a team that led the entire game, the Steelers also lost the the time possession battle there's a lot of little minutiae in there, but again, yeah. it's still early. A lot of those things are very correctable. But yeah, you got to be able to run the ball with a lead. TC yeah. says uh, a lot of people talking about Ben not playing well. I mean, come on. 70% completion with five drops, a 98.7% rating, and coming off a major surgery. I agree, TC, but I will point out, too, I mean, one of those drops should have been an easy interception for the Broncos. But I, again, I am, I am certainly optimistic with Ben. Like we said, uh, 56 yards of air yards on that throw to Claypool. I mean, his arm has looked solid. And maybe you know. And again, this is kind of just Ben being Ben. We know he's going to take risks. He led the league in interceptions the last time he was healthy. He's for been a double-digit
2: interception guy throughout his career. He's we a, we know a gun, that. He's
1: a gunslinger. Yeah. He's a risk taker, but. You'll take that, and what we've seen so far, it looks like you're going to get a lot more good than you're going to get bad.
2: Yeah, and I just think, man, when people are critiquing Ben, it's not necessarily with malicious intent of, oh, quarterback right. controversy, and like that. I just think that now that he's back and he's proven that he's healthy, now it's more so we're not worried about arm strength and things like that. It's more so can you continue to take care of the ball while lighting it up, while throwing the ball close to 40 times? Can you still be efficient? That's the biggest, you know, That that's how we're gauging Ben from here on. We know Ben is an elite level talent. We know he's a Hall of Fame talent. Mm-hmm. So that's not up for debate. But that's what I think people are talking about in terms of his performance. We're a little bit more critical of him than some of the other guys because of our expectations for him versus some of these other guys.
1: Richard uh, giving game balls to Dotson and to Alu Alu um, after the contest yesterday. And he also says, I understand it's the second game of the season. It's almost still like preseason in a way, but I just hope that we can improve on the boneheaded penalties on defense. Yeah, I, I mentioned that, right? Six times the Steelers took a penalty that allowed the Broncos to extend their drive. No matter how many sacks, no matter how many turnovers you're going to force, you can't be giving away first downs for sure. Again, one of those things in the minutiae that they will finally tune going forward, I'm sure. Thrash says, shout out to my Uncle Joe, listening to the show for the first time today. Shout out, Joe! Uncle Joe. Joe,
2: what up, baby? And Welcome said it, to the
1: fam. In regards to uh, your discussion about Edmonds, do you think this is the year we finally see him turn into the player they expected?
2: I definitely think so. Um, we talk about how guys develop differently I look at the Minka Fitzpatrick and uh, Terrell Edmonds development, very similar to the T.J. Watt Bud Dupree development. T.J. came in right away, was able to produce, got up to speed, and was able to start having impactful plays. It took Bud a couple of years. Minka Fitzpatrick, his first year years in the league, he was an all-pro, pro bowler, and a phenomenal safety. But Edmonds is taking a little bit of time. But you do see Edmonds continuing to get better each year. That's the thing. It's certain players that you get high on, and that's why when I look at him, I see him doing all of the the major issues are correctable. You know, what I mean, he has he doesn't have any big issues. Not like he's getting you know wrong assignments. It's not like he's missing open right. field tackles. No, it's little details, the the minutia part. That is encouraging because that is fixable. That's going to get better with time. The more reps you have, the more football you play, the more comfortable you get. If it was a a bigger issue, well, yeah, it would be a totally different mindset for me. But that's why I I think that, man, Edmonds is definitely in line to really impress a lot of people this year.
1: Elijah, the sneaker goat, says, what's up, guys? It's been too long. Hope all is well. Uh, He said, I've got a simple beef. Just going forward, I need number seven to think better above the neck. I understand his injuries, the rust. But through these two weeks, uh, he's made some mistakes that a 15-year vet – 16-year vet, actually, Sneaker Goat. Don't you short him a year. Uh, he's made some mistakes that a vet shouldn't be making. Uh, turnovers and sacks late in games are unacceptable. I agree. And, again, it's much easier to sit here and say this stuff when you're 2-0. and 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 that can get finely detailed. But But you're right. I mean, it was – it was not a masterclass on how to play with a lead from this. St- I think from all the tweets we can we can yeah. agree on that. It was not a masterclass on how to play with the lead. Uh, but like Jeff says here, any given Sunday, Monday, or Thursday, a win's a win. These guys are all professionals for a reason. I, I think we agree with that. The lit one, Rebecca mostly. Lit, lit, lit. Uh, she said, "I'm ashamed to admit this, but I missed the game on Sunday, watching uh, one of my little ones kick some butt on the soccer field." And she put a video here. I think it's I think it's the young lit one okay little lit scored, little lit scoring a goal here in soccer i think that's I what like it looks it. like Shout out, shut up the little lit then um she wants to know though what is with the lack of benny snow well rebecca when you fumbled what five times in your last
2: six games no. that is a quick way to uh to see your your load reduced yeah without a doubt um obviously going into the game coach Tomlin said that he was still going to give james the opportunities and i thought Early on, James was running well. It still didn't look like vintage James to me personally. But with Benny, man, before the fumble, he still wasn't on the same page. We saw uh, – I think this was actually the sack of Big Ben on a screenplay. You can just see where Benny and the O-line are on the wrong page. I don't know who was supposed to go which way, but literally the O-line went to Ben's right, and Benny went to Ben's left. Ends up being a sack. I don't know who was at fault there, but – it's stuff like that that just kept showing up in the the little bit of time that Benny was in early on in the game. And then obviously, if you're not on the same page and then you have the fumble in the second half at a critical moment mm-hmm. too, that that can be very, very tough to to trust a player like that and yeah. put them back in. But trust, that's the NFL that's the though, word. man. When you talk about the NFL, we talk about the ebb and flow and how one week you're praising a person, one week we're, we're critiquing them. That's why you can't get too high or too low as a player because of this type of stuff, now I still look for Benny to bounce back. I still was impressed with him on special teams through the midst of it all. He still goes down and has a big tackle on a uh, on a punt. So for me, and it was actually a bad punt at the time by Colquitt. So when you see that type of stuff, that's still encouraging to me because he's not letting one element of his game dictate every element of the game. Yeah, and that's what a like lot. That. And a lot of times with young guys, they'll let one bad mess up. You know, all these other things that they've been doing.
1: Last one here. Jamie gets the final question. Uh, real simple because we got about 30 seconds here. Jamie wants to know, Arthur Mutz, do you see number one receiver potential in Chase Claypool? Absolutely. Man, I was say, it's early, but how could you not? Uh, 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 absolutely. We don't crown a guy off of one year, right, Arthur Mutz? We certainly don't crown a guy off of two games, but good start. Listen, there's certain people I'll crown.
2: <laughs> All right. I'm just throwing it out there. He's in the running for crowning.
1: Where's my Where's my Romeo Cornell? Drop. You yeah. want to crown him? Crown him.
2: You sure will. <laughs> I've seen enough.
1: <laughs> That'll do it for today's show. Uh, remember, no show tomorrow because we're back on the Tomlin Tuesday uh, schedule. You will hear Mike Tomlin here at noon tomorrow on SNR. Motes and I will be back on Wednesday. So thanks to everybody who tweeted in. Great stuff today on a Victory Monday. Let's keep that momentum rolling on Wednesday. So we'll talk to you guys, what, about 46 hours here? Something yeah, like that? Yeah, that we, right? we close.
2: We're pushing it. Good math? we definitely pushing it. Good
1: math. Uh, thanks again for all the tweets. And uh, you know where to find us Wednesday, not tomorrow. As always, high noon, and you know the drill. On your 24-7 home of the black and gold, Steelers Nation Radio!